Steve Mathis production. Hello, Pope fans. Keep using that M-A-T-T-H-E-S code at btosports.com. And be sure to click the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com for your non-moto purchases. Your support makes it possible for us to continue to deliver your moto fix, and we thank you. episode of the Steve Mathis Show, there is a high chance ability. You will either learn something a lot of people don't know. You are thinking yes. or make you say to yourself Dude, that's so funny. The bottom line is, this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview. Welcome to the Racer X Podcast Show. Brought to you by BTOsports.com Hosted by Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. This would be the Lakewood wrap-up. It's myself and it's my two bestest friends in the whole world. Jason Wygant. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. And David Pingree. Hello, Steven. Hello. Um, Thank you guys for coming on. And uh, just a quick reminder to all the people listening. If you if you need something from Amazon, go to pulpamex.com. There's an Amazon banner on the bottom right hand side. Click through that to get the Amazon. It's just normal, and then myself, and maybe I'll share the wealth with my two buddies. We get a little bit of change from that. Yeah, I like um, how it's completely one sided. You know, please, please, please help me so I can make money. That's basically what you're saying. Yep. 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 <laughs> All right. Um. No charity for this. No, yeah. you know, just I'm going to make some money. Yeah, I mean, that's really all there is to it. Um, but that's You're it. raw. I like your honesty. You're raw. You just live in the moment. Yeah, Eddie Murphy raw. Um, no, it, it's, it just helps out. Helps out, you know. Helps. I was thinking like rhino raw. You know, like just. Yeah. Whoa. Well, let's, uh, let's get to that, I guess, before we get to Lakewood. That's sort of a big story. Uh, Ryan Hughes, Michael Apaglia, Mammoth, um, Verb Moto caught those two having a bit of a uh, disagreement and then a bit of a wrestling match. We had both of them on the Pop Mech show. LaPaglia regrets the fight. Ryan Hughes uh, just says he doesn't really regret anything. That's the way he lives his life, wide open. So uh, what do you think of the, of the uh, brouhaha, Ping? I, I, I could imagine you sitting on your couch with some ice cream in front of you, just giggling. Well, you know, it's just, it is funny because that's 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 been Rhino for as long as I know him. Like, right? You know, Lapaglia. Whatever happened on the track happened. Okay, they obviously irritated each other, took little pokes. But Michael was just going to ride right by. He was over it. 
and Ryan has to call him out, you know, and like make a big deal out of it. And he's just, he's got that bully. He's like the, I would love to have seen Rhino when he was in like sixth, seventh grade, just yelling at people on the playground. Stealing lunch you know. money, stealing lunch money and just beating people down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I, I giggled pretty hard when Michael hopped off his bike and said, all right. I do like I do I do like strictly from a comedy point of view, uh, something I I don't know what Lapaglia said something, Rhino said right away oh yeah you want to go, they went, Rhino got up and went dude what are you doing, what are you, what, what, what are you doing, yeah what's your problem dude what's your problem, <laughs> meanwhile thirty seconds before something Lapaglia said Rhino says oh yeah you want to go. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite moment of the uh, of the fight. I, I, I did like that moment. Well, I'll tell you what, it was, it was. I think Rhino should be pretty happy that there was people there to pull him off because Michael just kind of rolled him over and had him where he needed him to be. Yeah, to really start like dotting his eyes, and uh, it was just lucky that he, there was people there to pull him off. Uh, Lopaglia said he was taking a lot of flack for not taking off his helmet, but uh, and he does regret. He didn't even think about it, but and he also wondered why Rhino didn't go for the helmet and just start ringing him around like a, you know, like a chupacabra. Oh, I like. Um, yeah. Did you notice how Rhino threw in the the bully style dig like midway through the conversation? He just says, "Well, it doesn't matter. I beat you by thirty <laughs> seconds anyway." <laughs> yes, and Lapaglia would like to clarify that was not thirty seconds. He said he got beat, but he was not thirty seconds. Okay. So I don't know if that's worth clarifying. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I found it humorous on many many levels. Oh, I laughed hard. Yeah. It was way better than anything. I got, I saw this video as I was walking away from the track in Colorado. I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've seen all day. Yeah. Six hours of racing. You know, six motos, three classes. Yeah. This is cooler than any of that. Right. Yeah. No. Uh. You know, like I said, we had we had both guys on the show, and and uh, you know, Ryan Rhino just said, hey, like I. Didn't appreciate it. He said some words. He, he said, you know, I probably shouldn't have done that. But then I was showing people the stuff not to do. He kind of turned it into a positive. <laughs> he, oh, really? He somehow turned the fight. Like he said, you know, that's, that's not something that I teach people to do. But then, you know, hey, I, I did it. And so people can look at the way I did it and realize that that's not the way to do it. Oh, he's setting an example of how not to do it. Yeah, he shows people how to do it and how not to do it. Yeah, because apologizing, admitting what you did was wrong is just, you know. No, he did. He definitely didn't that's do too that. Difficult. Yeah, he definitely didn't do that. Um, uh, but uh, it, <laughs> like I said again, what are you doing, dude? Well, you Rhino asked them to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fighting like you wanted to. <laughs> exactly. So um, uh, another thing that came out in the interview was that when Lopaglia rode off, he did. Um, touch rhino's fender with his hand you don't see it in the video he like slapped his fender lapaglia was saying that uh it was hey good race you know good hard-fought battle you know slap your fender uh as he drove by rhino thought it was you know slap my fender let's brawl so maybe a little bit of miscommunication there Hmm. so um a lot of jokes about hips on twitter a lot of joke jokes oh it gotta be uh, I got a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Um, so that was pretty good. I thought it was. It was. It was uh, I got a couple jokes about him uh, molesting uh, workout balls with his face. 
Um, right. So. Yeah, good times. Good times. <laughs> Anything else about that, or did we cover it? Well, in addition to that, the comedy was, at the same time, I'm, I check Twitter after the race. First I see clip of the video, watch the video, read all the reactions, and then I see a, a, a tweet from Stroop, which is always classic. Yes. It just says, got to work out with Cam Newton today. Yeah, I saw that. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, I don't Austin know. Austin Stroop, for some reason, worked out with the Heisman Trophy winner. And the and number one, number one draft pick, yeah. correct? Right. Number one draft pick. Yeah. How, how was that connection made, and what kind of training would somehow work for either for both those guys? <laughs> Football player and – I don't know, man. He's got his high tops on. Bicep curls. Yeah. He's got his high tops on. He's doing his thing. And, uh, you know. yeah, I wonder if Cam Newton had the Stroopaloop yeah. shorts on. Sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Um, um, we need Stroop back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, bottom line is both these things I thought were nothing wrong with Colorado's event, but these things were the highlights of my weekend. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with you on that. Um, mm-hmm. let's, uh, let's, let's move on to, to Lakewood. Uh, Ryan Dungy had done just about everything a guy could do and not win a race. He, he, he shadowed the leaders at the end of motos. He, he was winning one, um, when his bike gave out on him, uh, a lap and a half to go. Like I said, he's done just about everything he could to win a national this weekend. I thought he rode excellent. He, he, every time it seemed like RV tried to blitz him a little bit in that second moto. And there were a few times I noticed RV overjumping things and pushing it. Uh, Dungy had a match. Uh, Wygant, it was a great ride by him, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think on both ends, wait, did I say absolutely? Oh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but that's become Dungy's new go-to word. Super Pump is out. Really, really out. We've moved on to absolutely. Um, and absolutely was a good ride, but absolutely Villapoto rode better in this second moto than... Um, any other this year, which I thought, well, yeah, but I mean, the second moto at High Point, it was muddy. The second moto at Bud's Creek, he had a stomach problem or a whatever problem. I didn't really think that he had a general problem racing in the second moto. It was just two circumstances. Right. But uh, now from what I'm hearing, I talked to some people yesterday actually about the tracks and stuff. And um, as far as Villapoda getting his bike set up right, it's like they were way off when the year began. They've gotten it right in the first motos, but then when it's super rough in moto two, they're still still working on that a little bit. So I guess him getting second actually is progress from uh, Villapoto and Kawasaki's point of view. So I guess it was a good ride by both, but Dungey won. That's the big story. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, hey, you know who else used to say absolutely too much? Who? Who do you think? Where does Dungey go to when he needs a uh, word? Yeah. I don't think he used to. I think he still does. Oh no! Well, that's a that's a Carmichael. That's like almost trademarked. Definitely, absolutely, super pumped, and really, those were all Ricky's how, like hot button how words. How does he get that level of influence? Like from what you hear from Dungey, they don't even <laughs> see each other more than like once every couple of weeks. Like, how did he impact his? Has a rider ever had that level of impact where he's affected the speaking of another guy? <laughs> Not that I know of. I think Dungey must just watch a bunch of tapes. He must watch old race tapes all day, you know, when he's not riding. And he just, you know, it's obviously from those seasons when Ricky was winning, and he stays for the podium interviews, apparently. 
it, it's odd that a rider would fast forward through the riding to get to the podium. <laughs> so, like, I really, I, I, I need to see the riding, but I really, really need to see I the really, speeches. really. Yeah, I really, really need to see these speeches. Um, you know, well, uh, but if you were to pick a guy that should. No. Well, I'd like to see, you know, more, I don't know, more uh, out of Dungey on the podiums, but I've oh, taken a lot of flack out of that. It. No, I'm just, I, I mean, yeah, I, I've taken a lot of flack for that, but uh, that's all right. Hey, whatever. I don't even. Everybody would. Yeah. I, I'd just like to say, since we're like, you guys especially normally a little rough on Ryan Dungey and how his season's been. If he wins that moto at Texas and doesn't DNF, totally not his fault. He's your points yep. leader right now. Pretty good little points yeah. lead, too. Yeah, and I'm going to admit, like, this is and, – and, and this one, I think the Supercross thing was just circumstances where I was like, hey, sure, he lost a bunch of points there, but when you only win one other race all year and you have guys in front of you and you can't get them, like – well, you had other chances to win. But this year, outdoors, I'd say that, yeah, you could make the case that he really has been the best rider. You could easily make that case. I'm not sure if I can do that in Supercross, but I think you're right. Yeah, he's done just about everything, like I said. It's, it's amazing that his first win didn't come until um, round five. But uh, look out now, maybe. Maybe this gets him some momentum and he keeps going and, and uh, you know, he gets some confidence. What, what I'm amazed at, and, and we had uh, – RV on the show last night, and he's not amazed at this. But what I'm amazed at is how much better the three guys are, including Chad Reed. Although this weekend, Reedy was, you know, 48 seconds back in the first moto and over a minute in the second moto. But I'm amazed that those three guys are so much better. I mean, we're talking paying it's 10 seconds on the uh, third, fourth lap. These guys are just hammering the rest of the field. Why, Gant, are you surprised at that, that it's this bad? You know, I guess we shouldn't be because yeah, why, you know how good yeah. – Villapoto's not. Villapoto's not amazed at all. He was like, well, yeah, we're that much better in Supercross, but it's only less than a minute lap time. So, you know, if you equate that to we're that much better outdoors and we have two-minute lap times, and I'm just like, all right, whatever. Before the season began, I would have been – if you told me it was going to end up like this, I would have been pretty surprised. I mean, minute gaps are pretty ridiculous, and yes. they are beating these guys by a minute quite often. Yes. Um, but – uh, if you watch it and you watch how these guys are pushing each other, and what amazes me is, like, if you watch when, when there's points in the races where they want to go, like when Dungey caught up to Villapoto late at Bud's Creek or Dungey mm-hmm. caught up to Ruby late in the second moto last week, um, or in Villapoto tried to get Dungey halfway through this second moto, when there's points where these two or three of them are going to say, all right, now I'm going to drop the hammer, they all do it, and they do it consistently. They don't make mistakes. They don't crash. They don't. It doesn't look like it's a time bomb off. They don't get tired. Mm-hmm. To know that they can push each other to that level but not go over the edge, I guess it shouldn't be surprising. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable to me. I, I mentioned this in my column last week. You know, Stewart and Carmichael used to push each other and maybe even go faster than this, but it was just you were just waiting for the yard sale. Um, and with Stewart, it usually happened. Um, with these guys, it's like they can do that for 30 plus two, every moto, no problem. They're not going to crash. They're not going to tip over. They're not going to get tired. So if they're able to raise each other's game and not ruin themselves with it, I guess it's not surprising. It's impressive. What do you think, Ping? Yeah, I think really that that's, that's probably right. What we just saying, you know, these, um, of course it's right. It's, it's why those, <laughs> those guys are, uh, 
you know, they're, they're working with, well, Alden, who's the gnarliest guy or, or, or Dungeon used to, so I'm sure he's had a similar program, but, you know, those guys aren't getting tired, you know, and Reed is like, you know, like Thomas said, I think he's sort of just a genetic freak where he doesn't even have to be working that hard and he can still gut it out, you know. But uh, I forget what race it was. I don't think it was High Point. Maybe it was Texas, but like, or maybe it was even Bud's, but the the last lap, um, Dungey hadn't, his lap time hadn't changed. Like, you know, it was only a, a second different from first lap, you know, throughout the whole race where other guys were dropping off four or five seconds at the end of the race. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, that, it's, it's easy gonna... to build up a, a minute lead when that starts happening in the last five, six laps of the race. Uh, if you're if you're Brett Metcalf, uh, if you're Kevin Windham, Windham's already expressed it to me. If you're Michael Essie, never mind the other guys. This it's it's got to be a little bit heartbreaking, huh? Why again? I mean, it's got to be a little little rattling that you're so far off. Yeah, and I'll take this another step further. I was talking to um, the father of one of the riders that you just mentioned, and Windham's dad and Metcalf's dad. I don't think have been at the races, so. Um, <laughs> And uh, he said he, the, the way their salary is, and also Metcalf, uh, I'm assuming he talked to Metcalf about this, he said, you know, we make a decent salary. It sounds good on paper. But when you think about having a motorhome and test track or private, you know, tracks, and then it's like $1,000 a month to water those tracks, and you have practice mechanics, and you're flying people in and out of the races and all this stuff, he said, we basically can't make money right now getting fourth or fifth. Because, you know, you used to make three, four hundred thousand dollars a year is your salary. Now you're making one hundred, but your costs are the same. And if you try to cut those costs, well you know Villapoto, Dungey and Reed aren't doing that, so you still have to keep doing it. Yeah. So he said they're in a kind of a rough spot because they get bonuses to the podium. There's no room in the podium. He doesn't know how they're gonna beat any of those three guys. They're so on it and so consistent. So yeah, it's gotta be frustrating. Mm. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I... I'm surprised it's this big of a gap, to be honest. But, uh, hey, you know what? Um, RV uh, was happy with the way he rode. He was uh, begrudgingly he gave Dungey some, some props, which is, is, is good to see. You know how these guys are. So, um, you know, he was happy with, it, with, with the ride. Let's, uh, let's move on to, to, to read a little bit. My question is, and, and I'll give the listeners uh, a little sneak peek at observations, but, uh, which, you know, is always amazing. But, uh, no. But here's my thing with Reed. Uh, last week he got beat in the first moto, and he said, "Hey, I just I backed it off. Uh, I had nothing for those guys in the first moto. I couldn't 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 do two o three, so I just rode around. So he got beat pretty good. Second moto he comes out and he waxes him, wins impressively. Um, I guess not waxing, but he he wins impressively. So, uh, this weekend he was off the pace both motos. He's never done well at Lakewood." Is he was he just riding around, or did he get beat that bad by those guys? And if he was just riding around, do you want to just ride around and give those guys the feeling that they have you covered so badly? Uh, or is this strategy going to? Is this strategy works because it's Chad Reed and he doesn't care? Pingree, what do you think? Well, no, I think I think he tries his hardest. You know, maybe that track doesn't agree with him, but. He still tried as hard as he could. As he could. Um, the difference is when he comes in off the track and he's a minute behind, you just go, well, you know, I just took it easy today because I don't like this track or whatever, you know. Right. And then that way they, 
they don't feel like they're like, oh yeah, okay, well we didn't beat him, he let us beat him. Mm-hmm. That's the mental, you know, yeah. game that those guys play. That's kind of ridiculous. I know, but is that a good mental game to play? I don't know. I, does anyone? You, you think? You think you got? You think you're psyching Ryan the Ryan's out? Like? I no, no, I don't. But I, I don't know. I mean, it's just. What do you think, Weege? Is Ryan Dungey in Tallahassee today going, man? Reed, he said he didn't even try that second moto. Oh, man. Yeah. Better look out for him, Red Butt. Then. Right. Like uh, you know, yeah. they know he's going to be fast still at different tracks, so they're doing their thing. And so, so why can't was he just off this weekend? Was it just not his place? Like it's it, like what hasn't been good to him before? Yeah, I think we all kind of. Blew that on the scouting report. He has had some pretty bad races there. Um, even in 09, I think that was his worst race of the year when he won the title. Yeah. We were in the first, in one moto, he was running around in eighth, and that was like all he had. Yeah. So, in his mind, hey, third's pretty good. But um, I do feel like we're, are we starting to reach a tipping point here? You know, at first he was as fast as everyone in every moto every time they lined up. Then he had a bad first moto, and then he had another bad first moto, and we're like, okay, well, maybe he can bounce back. Mm-hmm. I feel like he really, really, really tried to bounce back in that second moto. I mean, he really, really he got the whole shot, <laughs> pushed really hard early, hoping to get that Bud's Creek second moto mojo, but then it didn't work again. So it's, right. to me, like, okay, he was up there in both motos at the beginning of the year, one moto, are those two just going to walk away? And Weege, such a Reed hater. I know I'm going to get <laughs> destroyed for this. He's riding for the right reasons. He has a wife and kid. He's a veteran. I know because of that that I could not possibly say that other people could ride a dirt bike faster than him. But uh, I don't know. I guess the one good thing about Reed is though, how many times has this been said? And then he bounces back and wins. So yeah, hundred, three hundred times. How yeah, many times? I don't want It's been like, oh, he's got. He's they got him. He's done. I don't want to over. Dramatize, dramatize this this podcast. But this weekend is big for Chad Reed for for the series. Can we can we agree on that? Ping. This is a big weekend. If he comes out at Red Bud and goes three three and gets beat again, he's got some problems. If he if he's down a minute each moto or you know thirty seconds even, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. There's there's definitely something going on, but. I don't see that happening. I mean, you remember the race there last year? Reed was strong at Red Bud. It'll be it'll be a good race with all those guys. I right, think. Right. What do you think, uh, Wagant? Yeah, uh, you know, you know how Reed is the way the guy bounces back. I think even if he got beat really, really, really badly at Red Bud, same thing. He's always in it to win it, right? And then yeah. who knows? He could have a couple of bad, a couple of off weekends like that, and then somebody walls it up, and there he is. Back in the point zone. I mean, that has always been the way Chad Reed works it. Um, I don't think he's ever. I don't know if there's ever been a series, maybe once when Stewart and Carmichael were out or something, where he was always the fastest guy every weekend. But that doesn't mean he can't win it anyway. So yeah. I don't know. For I think for him, it's less important than it would be for any other rider in his situation because I don't think he cares when he gets when he gets beat. He just shrugs it off and says, "I'm going to win the next one." You he's know what happens when he gets beat is he goes home, and Ellie rips him a new one. Have you ever seen her laying to him when he doesn't ride well? Like that is the deal, isn't it? Huh? That is what happens, right? Yeah, like big time. It's gnarly. I would I anything my dad ever did to me as an amateur is baby poop compared to 
the way she throws it down. Say, yeah, like, you know, she's she's throwing in insults that don't even matter. Like <laughs> after she tells you how terrible you ride, she you know tell me as a small penis. I mean, just like me. Terrible, terrible things. But then he comes out the next weekend and he's an animal. So um, he's seven points up on uh, eight points up on RV and twenty one up on Dungey, and he is. Uh, he is 75 up on Wyndham. <laughs> I think he's got Wyndham covered. 75 sure. points. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, wow. That's a big gap, like I said. Um, what, 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 uh, let's get to the track. I, I forgot I want to talk about the track a little bit. I don't think Lakewood is anybody's favorite, but it's not anybody's worst either. It's sort of one of those tracks that's like, eh. Would you agree with that, Weege, among the riders? It's not um, bad. It's not good. Yeah, you know what? I don't hear people really talk about it either way. I know. Right. That's what I mean. They never don't, on the list. They never go, man, I'm pumped for Lakewood, besides Andrew Short, who actually never really talks about the track, just about being in Colorado, uh, right. being, being back home. Um, I never hear anybody. There are certain tracks yeah. that are always, if you ask the bad ones, there are certain tracks that go in and on and off that list. Yeah. Like for a couple of years, it was fun to rip you to Dilla. Or for a couple of years, it was fun to rip Bud Creek. Suddenly, Bud Creek has the best for now. Um, I think town was maybe in that level, but then they've added rice holes or whatnot. And then everybody always loves Red Bud or um, uh, Millville. You yeah. never hear Colorado on either list. No, you don't. You really don't. It, it seems to be just one of those places that's like, uh, it's good. It's like, um, I don't know, it's like cheese pizza. <laughs> Right? I mean, it's pizza, so it's good, but it could be better. Cause it no has, Canadian bacon and pineapple. It could have toppings you know? on it, you know? So it's just like cheese pizza. I think it's, you know, like it's a, a cool venue. People like to be there in Denver. It's nice, good crowd, but the track is tricky. You know, it's, it's one I've never raced, but just looking at it, it's rutted, and it doesn't flow super well. You know, it's kind of got like some tight switchback stuff. It's, I think it's just, mm-hmm. it just doesn't look like it's that fun to race on, you know? Yeah. Do you guys remember when Tim Ferry won the second moto there a few years back? That was, that was cool. 11-1. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Wild day. Wild day of races. Um, uh, yeah, no, it, it, uh, what about the, the, this nation's changes, uh, Wigan? I like those. I'm glad they left them in. What do what, you think? Um, yeah, I think that section behind the um, starting gate, yeah. that starting gate was much better than the old way because you you almost could pass the way the old section was, but you couldn't quite. And this one, there were a bunch of passes there. Yeah. I think it looked pretty cool too. And then um, that uh, where the mechanics area used to be, leading to the finish line, that was a new jump, right? It was a bigger jump. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. You didn't go to Disney Nations. You uh, you hate you hate the Disney Nations. I hate the United States. Right. Yes, I hate the United States. Um, yeah. The that was a big st- triple step up at the Disney Nations, and it was. Um, uh, it was much bigger at the Disney Nations, I think, but it was still, yeah, still a new jump. Yeah, so um, I think that was a cool uh, addition, too. So, yeah, definitely the track was better. I know as far as the conditions go, it was pretty tough to chase it. It was like like a lot of these tracks, there was so much sand and water down early to be able to maintain it throughout the day that, man, that thing got rutted. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking by the end of the day, those ruts had turned from, you know, sandier, softer soil to concrete, ruts um so that had to be tricky 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, let's go on to the rest of the class. Uh, Andrew Short had his best day. A 7-8 for fifth. The Moto Gods smiled on Shorty. Yes, um, but that's only because well, that worked out. I mean, for a lot of riders, that had problems. Yeah. You know, a lefty, Grant, you know, inconsistency in motos. Tommy Hahn had a good one and a bad one. It was a pretty wild day behind those top three. Yeah, no, you, uh, you're right. Wyndham, 4-4, uh, consistent day. I, I didn't notice him a whole bunch, but he has to be happy. He tracked down Alessi uh, in the first moto, second moto. He uh, stayed fairly close to Reed. All right, we'll move on from uh, that. Uh, well, what, happened to, either one of what happened to Grant? Grant twisted his knee in the first moto. He was in fifth. Twisted his other knee, and I don't think it's good. I didn't see the 450s on TV yet. I, I haven't watched them on TV. Uh, Here's but, what I've heard about him. It was his, he crashed in practice and hurt it. It's not the knee that he just got fixed. It's the other one. And then he thought he'd be okay for the race, and then it was, and he hit it again and, and popped it out. And now I'm hearing it could be a meniscus, maybe a few mm-hmm. weeks. You know, it's not as bad as the other one, but, I mean, how many weeks are left even in the whole season? If you're Grant right now, you are – I mean, this is just – you know, you signed a one-year deal with Factory Honda. You missed an entire Supercross season except for the first race. This has to be a low point in, in your life, really. Right? <laughs> well, it's I mean, got to be uh... – I got. I'm bombing for a kid. He, he's got to be really stressing right now. Yeah, I would say for sure that this he needed like, even if it was just a good moto here and there, he needed that bad the rest of the summer. So even if it's a torn meniscus and they're going to go in arthroscopically and just pull it out, or you know if they suture it, it's even a longer yeah. period of time. Um, he's off for a month. I mean, at least. Right. So that's not good. Gee, that puts him. You good. know what? Catching the last three rounds or something, maybe. Good thing uh, Wyndham's deciding to keep on going. Good for those guys. And um, Kennard looks like Washugo. I talked to him the other day. So, How will he do when he comes back? Uh, he's going to get beat bad. Yeah, I feel bad because I think everyone's thinking, just wait till Kennard comes back. Just wait till Kennard can come back. Like, if you're thinking that he's going to walk right in and win Ranger like he was doing in Supercross, uh, I, mean, no, I mean, are you watching these guys push each other every weekend? They're making each other so much faster by racing. I mean, other. we all love Trey Kennard, no, nobody more so than David Pingree, but Ping, you, you don't see him do that, do you? No, no, I think he I think he finishes ahead of Wyndham, though. I think he's the 4-4 guy. Comes in 4-4, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, Tommy Hahn rode great after his bizarre Bud's Creek tip-over that caused him to miss both motos. First moto, he was down the first turn, and he was probably 15 seconds behind. The, you know, there's a couple of jerkies that were with him, but he's 15 seconds behind the pack. I would say maybe 10, and he ended up getting 11th. He rode really good in the first moto, and second moto, he backed that up with a strong uh, fifth place, consistent the whole time. Uh, he, it's hard to figure Tommy Hahn out, huh? Why can't? Yeah, um, I don't know that, what we got. Correct. Yeah. I talked to him actually yesterday, and uh, he admitted that the crash at Bud's Creek was pretty lame. Um, and he was embarrassed over the fact that it hurt that much. Um, but he said it hit him right in the ribs where he got hurt in Supercross, so that's why he was a little bit vulnerable. Um, yeah, he has great moments, great moments. But you know what? I, I, I hate to say this, but there's kind of guys like that who, you know, they go down in the first turn and get a really bad start and ride awesome. But then when the opportunity presents itself, they're not able to take advantage. Doesn't it seem like that? 
Like when he really rides well is when he's coming from the back. Um, right. But then just when it seems like things are about to go great, then some the disaster happens. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's bizarre for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't quite figure him out, and, and that's probably right. Well, it's like guys like that. It's like you think it's like when they've got nothing to lose, they're down in the first turn, they're way back in points, they haven't you know started the year off well, they're coming off injury, there's no pressure, he lets it fly. But when everything's lined up perfect, then it like gets to him. That's that seems what there's guys that have that happen, and maybe that's not why, but it, that's my best guess. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's not not a bad theory. Well, when the pressure's off, you, it's, yeah, it's easy. You got nothing to lose, yeah. right? So you just ride like you'd ride at home when you're practicing. I mean, uh, Tommy Tommy's kind of shown that his whole career. When he when he had the Honda ride, he didn't ride that well because there was a lot of pressure. And then you know he right. goes to another team, and all of a sudden he's real fast again. So I know one thing is uh, he's not a fan of that bike. He really isn't, and and I'm not saying it, it. The bike is right or wrong, that doesn't matter. He feels he's not a fan of that bike, and look for him on a different manufacturer next year. Maybe Moto Concepts may not stay with Yamaha. I found out they're free. They're open to do any anything, so maybe he'll stay with Moto Concepts on another brand. But um, he's not. He's just not pumping that bike. I talked to him on on a Saturday morning, and uh, you know he's he's making it work. He's trying to do his best job, but yeah. You know, I find that's a pretty common sentiment. Yeah, I don't always put a lot of stock in it because, you know, a lot of it depends how the rider's season is going. You know what I mean? And you know how you riders are. You riders. Okay, being. tell me a Yamaha rider who's killing it on the 450. Who says, man, this bike's awesome. I'm trying to insert some cricket sounds here. <laughs> can't can't get it fast enough. Uh, why can't? What what um, let's uh silly season talks going on, huh? Uh, Tony Alessi was talking to me about it for a while, and like I said, Tommy was talking to me about it. Uh, whispers going on. Nick Way and I were talking about it yesterday. Different stuff that's happening. It, it's starting to starting to get into full swing, huh? Yeah, I think so. And obviously, this Dungey situation is the whatever the I don't know why this. What is why is this the term? That's the shoe that has to drop. What does that mean? Yeah, because there is only three teams that are into this into this race of for Ryan Dungey, so what does it really matter? No, I mean why is the term the shoe drop? Oh. Why is that? Oh. Why is that a term? What does that mean? I don't anyway. know, but I was pissed at my shoes this weekend. For dropping? I always want to know what three sheets to the wind was all about. Yeah. No, what? Okay. What about um, a, what about a baker's dozen? Yeah. Why thir- you know, why does a baker can't count? Why does he have thirteen? Bakers are idiots. Because bakers are idiots. They're going to get education to bake stuff, right? So, <laughs> I mess up your county. Why, well, yeah, bakers are idiots. That's the reason. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was because they like food so much they wanted to always make a little extra. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's it. Yeah, they're fat asses. They want to eat one and not tell anybody. Yeah, they want to eat one. <laughs> <laughs> and one for me. Ah. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, uh, as far as the other guys, I guess. But, I mean, if, honestly, it's only three teams, but those three teams would affect massive amount of things. Because, for example, I've heard this. Um, if you're Suzuki, I'm assuming you still have to race Suzuki's, right? I think right? so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And it, yeah, and if you're KTM, you probably still have to race KTM. Yeah, not too many KTM teams like ride Suzuki's. No. No, no, okay. But if you're other teams, okay, let's say we're hearing JGRs in the mix. And then Moto Concepts. 
uh, could potentially switch. And then you've put out rumors that possibly L&M could switch, although their main rider has said he'd like to know where these rumors are coming from. I don't my know. Point what, is, what is L&M? There is no L&M. Oh, sorry. Sorry, JS, JSM? JSE? JSE. Yeah. I'm assuming it's still L&M. I never saw a press release. They never explained anything. Why don't you just call the team manager? Oh, wait. You don't know who oh, that they is. Don't, they don't have one. Yeah, sorry. But it's my it's our fault for not understanding this, even though they don't tell us anything. Yeah. Uh, we should have our story straight, even though they won't tell us the story. My point is, any one move that any of those big teams make won't just affect the riders they have and right. their budget and what teams, what riders the other teams go after. But now you're getting to the point where it's affecting what brands are out there and what mm-hmm. budget they have. Mm-hmm. Let's say, hypothetically, that either JSM or JSE or whatever the team is, or JGR or Moto Concepts left Yamaha and went to another brand. Now every team is affected. You know, yeah. If one of them picks up Suzuki, then where does Suzuki's support go? Do they not have enough money to keep Dungey, or does that team um, take Dungey because they got Suzuki's and – then what happens to the Suzuki team as it is? Do they have any money left to sign a guy to replace Dungey? You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I think Dungey thing does affect everything. It's like a ripple in the pond. Is it tsunami in, in Japan? It's butterfly wings, you bastard. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's it. Butterfly wings. Um, what? Let's let's skip over Metcalf and um, let's go on to the, let's go on to the JGR guys. Why can't? Uh, what's happening with Brayton Millsaps? What's going on with JGR guys? I know. Again, yesterday you went for lunch down there. Good healthy lunch, uh, just baked chicken and uh, green beans and some potatoes. Good healthy lunch. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was going to go out there and actually um, watch them go test today because they're such awesome riders, and to just kind of be in their presence while they're riding motorcycles is, you know, that high you get after you go for a run. At least Ping, maybe you know what that's like. Nope. Um, nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what I, way I feel after watching those guys put in a, a moto. So, uh, spectators high. That's what they call that? <laughs> spectators high. <laughs> Which takes on a whole new meaning in Unability, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Millsaps has had a little bit of a, an illness. He ran into well, – Weimer crashed in front of him in the first moto, mm-hmm. and that broke his front brake. But I don't think they were anticipating him rallying to, you know, do as well as he did at High Point or Texas, even if that hadn't happened. And the sixth, the sixth and the second moto kind of proved that. It was okay, but it wasn't as good as he was beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Brayton, Brayton, I think, he just rides himself back into it. So not a good weekend, really, for either. I think a 10th for Brayton is, is, is fine, except for Jake Canada beating him. But, I mean, whatever. 10th uh, is fine. Just like a 10th well, was fine for moto, He started well. He started fifth, and I think he just went all out to try to stay there. And that lasted for about 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, considering, I think 10th is okay, but, you right. know. Like to win rather than get tenth. How about uh, how about Jake Canada? Wow, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. Ten thirteen is like that's not easy at all. Well, uh, he's a sort of a supercross specialist guy. I don't think of him as a four fifty hammer it outdoors kind of guy, right? How did they even? Yeah, what even made him go race? Do we know I, I, anything about? Yeah, him? I mean the guy just shows up. Shades of Sean Collier showing up and top tenning and then just going away um, a few years back. Uh, yeah, what's his deal, Ping? I mean, besides being having the almost awesomest last name ever. Yeah, I really have no idea. Like, I didn't, I didn't even. Know. I thought he was racing in Canada, literally. <laughs> yeah, no. I, hey, well, yeah. good for him though. That's a, that was a great ride. Yeah, and uh, good to see Jimmy Albertson back too. Who did all right with twelve twelve. 
Cody got. Yeah, 12 yeah. for 12. Top Jimmy. Had him, on, had him on a show last night. Says that his GP deal uh, cost him six figures. They owe him, they, you know, they basically owed him about six figures, and they just didn't pay him. So shady uh, Italians. Yeah. So uh, good to see Top Jimmy back too. Yeah, I didn't even know he was coming back. He really flew under the radar. Or Wagan, did you know? I had no idea that he was coming back. No. No. I, all of a sudden, I saw one oh eight. I'm like, oh my god, Jimmy Albertson's here. Yeah, knew nothing about it, and yeah, he rode well. He had good starts. Um, I was impressed. Mm-hmm. I'm really. You guys uh, obviously don't follow him on Twitter, which is a shame. Yeah, sorry. I actually, that's what really confused me. I thought I did follow him. I don't. I mm. yeah, me too. I'm at the right time, I guess. You, I follow you know all about him coming back and his relationship with some girl named Shailene Faith. Oh, I, I don't know who she is, but oh, I know that's, he that's, likes her a lot. That's Trey Kennard's girlfriend. Oh. And his, girl, his I'm girlfriend, some Twitters. <laughs> his, his girlfriend Uh-oh. is Georgia Lindsay, an uh, English oh, chick. Oh, that's who it is. No, sorry, I got them mixed up. That's who it is. Georgia that's, Lindsay. That's his real girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's she's English. She does the GPS. Like she's announced it. She commentates on the GPS. I, I know. I mean, I know that because I, I'm a follower. I'm really oh, hoping. You know what? She was at, uh, was at like, Indianapolis, and Jimmy was there. Indi- yeah, I met her. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Are they together together, or are they just there? No, no, they're, they're no, no. Yeah, they're they're madly in love. Whoa! Wow! Nicely done, then. Um, you know they don't pick those girls to be reporters that are ugly. I'm just saying. No. Yeah. Exactly. It's, I mean, it's part of the reason why I feel like I haven't had a real shot is I'm not attractive. Part of the reason. Part of the reason. <laughs> Part of um, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping, because soon I'm going to have to turn my critical eye towards him, and I'm resisting it as much as I can, like Ping resisting Ben and Jerry's. I'm really hoping that Michael Burns' ninth is the beginning of a turnaround. Otherwise, I'm going to have to start coming down on him. I like Burner, but it just hasn't been happening. But ninth is good. A ninth is a, is a start. Right, Ping? Yeah, that's just good. I mean, I don't know what you're expecting out of Michael Burry, man. He's dude is long in the tooth. Dude, come on. He should be a top ten guy. And who's got the squeaky door? Who's got the squeaky door? What is this? A haunted, a haunted mansion show? Man, I'm impressed over the audio uh, pickup that you have. Well, if everybody not keeps... only did you hear it, but recognize that squeaky door. If everybody keeps buying Amazon shit, I can get better and better equipment. So soon, I'll be able to hear everything. Oh, <laughs> um, you know what? This is one of those things when a guy, when you throw out top 10, it's like when uh, in is hockey, you, you like hockey, right? Do they have an all-star game? I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Do they have an all-star game? Yeah. Okay. Every year when a sports league has their all-star team, they mention the two or three players that got snubbed. Mm-hmm. But what they never put in that conversation is, well, who should have been taken off the team to replace mm-hmm. it? Right. You know what I mean? Right. They just always say these three guys should have gone, but they don't necessarily so they're better than any three guys that were on the team. So for a guy like Burns who should be getting top ten, but who should he be beating in the top ten? Who, who should, should be, be in the top ten that is? Yes. That's good that's question. Good tough. question, Weege. Well yeah, you know what? Screw you, Weege. Screw you have every year you probably well, have fifteen or fourteen top ten riders. Screw right? you and you're making sense. Christian Craig doesn't belong in the top ten. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, maybe that's a point, though. Maybe that is. Like, Christian Craig is probably above where you may have expected yes, him to be. Yes, he's doing better than I thought. A pink, not, so, there you go. Yeah, not better than what Ping thought, but better than I thought, for oh. sure. 
Jay Canada definitely taking that 10th spot by surprise. That's for sure. So I think you can only have that conversation if you look at everybody else that's in there. So there you go. Jay Canada and Christian Craig, over-delivery. Screw you. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast show. It's that time. Time for a commercial. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. Racing since 1970, O'Neill is the original American MX company supplying fine apparel, protection, and accessories for over four decades. O'Neill is proud to support top racers worldwide, including the Moto Concepts Yamaha Racing Team in the U.S. Supercross and Outdoor National Series. In 2010, O'Neill worked with top racing professionals, including Grant Langston, Tim Ferry, and Ricky Dietrich, in developing its all-new 2011 line. O'Neill's hardware line is the toughest money can buy and has been critically acclaimed for durability, fit, form, and function by Motocross Action Magazine. Hardware pants and jerseys are designed to function while putting you ahead of the pack in fast-forward fashion. When it's time to gear up, check out O'Neill.com or an authorized O'Neill dealer near you. What about Ricky Dietrich, man? Uh, yeah, yeah, he, uh, he had a rough go. Get worried. Yep. I'm getting worried. Remember what I said last week, like he and Nils have had bad races, and I'm like, hmm, are they about to drop back but from, from he, where they were in he, Texas? His first moto was an eighth, and he was on, uh, was it Shorty? Yeah, he was all over Shorty at the end. So he just had a real bad second moto, you know? First moto speed was good, though. Eighth is, is good. Was, was it a bad career choice? I don't know. For Ricky Dietrich to uh, turn down a bunch of money off-roading. Uh, I don't do know. I, I don't know what's in his heart, Ping. So I can't say. <laughs> well, you know what it's not was not in his wallet, and that's some money, quite a bit of it. <laughs> Listen to the guy who took a dive to keep getting factory contracts. Talk about the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just that's what I'm saying. You got to make the right decision. The guy who had a who had a quote unquote bum knee. Or was it a knee, Ping? What was it? I don't even remember what we said it was. <laughs> It was ribs because I remember Art Ekman reporting on it as if it was legit. <laughs> yeah, he about field tackled me to give me a stop as I was riding off the track, too. <laughs> You're like, dude, I'm fine. Beat it. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm Even not- threw in very painful ribs, if I remember. And uh, David Pinger out with a very painful rib injury. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, later oh, on, later on, very Ping- painful. Ping's seen at one of Grocer's after parties looking like he's not in pain at all. Um, I said I didn't say rib injury. I said I'm going to Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> yeah. He just didn't hear me. Uh, if Jenny Mikhailov was there again, the the white, the all white Russian, Krayer meat. You, uh, yeah, meat. It's not meat, is it? No, it is Krayer meats now. What? I, the plot thickens, dude. There's. There is such a thing as Crayer Meats, and it is a Russian company. Okay. I know. What are you doing? Don't worry about it. <laughs> You're going to go see those guys practice, aren't you? Yes, I've got to go to the track. I've only got an hour. 
You're going to go see those guys test right now. Yes, and I'm wondering if I can get there in time while we're doing this podcast if you guys will detect the mood picking up. Oh, Jesus. Uh, my like, mood, will I all of a sudden get all squealy like a girl? My mood would pick up if you got Coy on the phone to to talk to us. Um, hey, let's go. Uh, actually, let's. I got this audio of Mammoth Mountain. You guys want to listen to it? Yeah, let's listen oh, to fight? it. Oh, yeah. I do like that the, uh, you owe my dad some money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that too. Uh, that right. in. Let's, let's keep going here. You want to keep going? Let's do it. The best is you listen to the people in the background yelling, it's just a race. It's just a race. I like that part. Yeah, bro. He should have brought you five years ago. What the shit did he bring? I fing paid him nine grand, motherfucker. Hey, you're young some money. F you, dude. Yeah, you're fing pussy. What? Okay, come on. Ryan. Okay, come on. Huh? Yeah. Let's do it. Wanna get some other Good times, good times. Now, now that I'm hearing an audio only, I've picked up on what is my new favorite part. What? What What race did this take place in? What was the race? Mammoth Mountain. But it was a two-stroke race, correct? Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> For added effect, you just have random two-strokes revving in the background. I think the fact they had to ride two-strokes made them angry in the first place. <laughs> I like, I like, I like just Rhino's hair trigger. Let's go. <laughs> Like there is just no, there's no doubt he wants to fight ASAP. <laughs> Did you ask him about the fact that Ryan Walters from Vermoda was there? Why was he there well before this happened? <laughs> Did they know he was there? Like how did that come about? I don't know, but again, I love I love Ryan's non non attempt to break the fight up. Just getting closer, get get it all oh. on camera. Oh. oh, that's a true cameraman. That's the way you do it. You don't break it up. You get oh, it. I love it. <laughs> Why was he there? Why was he two feet away from Rhino before LaPaglia even showed up? Can, can I speculate? <laughs> yeah. Because every video that has Rhino in it at all from that weekend has smacked of GYTR rhetoric. My guess is they were shooting something for, you know, at GYTR's request. Yeah. That could be. Think I'm, am I wrong there? No, because Watson said there was a ton of Yamaha guys around him at all times. Ah. Yeah. Oh, so that was just the, the luckiest, greatest coincidence ever, that they happened to be shooting something else. Yeah. Um, oh, well, it was the post-race interview, you know, like, Rhino, 
<laughs> Good How job. How awesome was that bike? <laughs> you want to go? Come here, Mom. <laughs> I just love the let's go. Let's go. Like for, you know. Oh, God, I love it. Um, hey, let's get let's move on here. We're we're running we're running late and we got we got to talk a lot more to talk about. Nothing more important than the word of the week though. We should have started the show off with that. Uh, again, it was lame though, man. It was a lame word. Sorry, bro. Jeez. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, it would when it was chupacabra. That was the top of the show. I mean, right, that right. was the most important story. But doodle, I don't think it really justified. Right. The- way to go, Mathis. That was your word, by the way. It, it was. It, <laughs> all right. I, I'll I'll let the floor go. You guys figure it out. <laughs> now, um, by the way. Uh, Chupacabra was dropped into uh, Steve Hudson's uh, Saturday morning chapel service this weekend because he wanted to prove he could get the job done as well. Oh, really? Uh, no way. Yes. yes. <laughs> at, at JGR yesterday, he stopped by for a little um, uh, Bible service and threw in Doodle much smoother than I did on TV. Very, you would swear it was in the Bible, the way he was telling no. the story. <laughs> um, and on the sixth day, then, God said, ye must doodle. <laughs> story about like them throwing stones at someone and then the guy said he goes okay you can throw stones at this woman but the only person that's allowed is someone who hasn't sinned also and they all walked away and then the guy started drawing on the ground and they were like what is he writing what is he writing and he threw in that the guy was doodle he's and they're just looking at him he's just putting doodles in the ground doodling in the ground i'm like wow that was good. <laughs> that's good um uh so he said if i that's give him actually word yeah that's, morning, that's funny drop it what's he that said if i give him the word saturday morning Every race weekend, he will drop it into the prayer service. <laughs> no way! <laughs> it keeps escalating. Great. Now I gotta watch. Now I gotta go to the prayer service every week. <laughs> uh, oh crap! Now Matt has to. The only reason I knew I was over at Star Racing, which was like the last tent. Yeah. <laughs> so the prayer service is like right next door, and somebody just said, "Dude, he just said chupacabra." <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. I, I, how did he work chupacabra into his Saturday morning? Uh, sermon. I wish. I'd wish, I'd I wish. wish I knew. Uh, and and, and it, for me to ask would be to admit I wasn't listening to the whole thing. Which right. would be much worse. I, I I enjoy Steve Hudson's little things. I like Steve Hudson. He's a good guy. Uh, I yep. always like the life lessons that you got that you got from listening to him. But on the other hand, I gotta go. I got work to do. You know what I mean? Like I I always feel like I'm standing there when I could be doing something else, listening to this life lesson. That's all. Yeah, I agree, and that's the thing. Even if you're, whether whether you feel about religion, and I'm paying you know what you you've listened to this before. However, you feel about religion, in it or not, these are good, like you said, life lessons. Yeah, um, to learn. It's good humility stuff, and you know, inspirational stuff. It's it's a great thing to have at the race. But I never feel like like <clears throat> when he's talking about. Uh, a lot of times, he talks about the trappings of success. And yeah. and you know what happens if you start thinking you get a big head and start thinking you're the man. And, you know, you, you start ignoring your wife. He, a lot of things I feel like are aimed towards our upper echelon riders. And a schmuck like me doesn't have these problems. Do you know what I mean? I'm always like, that's not me. Steve, Steve Hudson, that's not me. Chappie, that, that's, can I go? That's not me. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I don't know. That's just what I think. Good point. Yeah. His, his sermons are all more money, more problems. No, a lot of times it's just like, like it's stuff about his buddies <laughs> or people he knows and how they – they treat some people in life and how they went through. And I, I never, ever feel like it's directed, like it's something I have a problem with. 
Like he hasn't well, talked about the whole, it, you know, being obese, getting diabetes, and dying. So oh. I haven't really thought about it. Well, it does take place after the riders meeting. Yeah. So that might yeah. give you an idea of the audience he's trying to appeal to. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I just feel like I'm. Uh, I'm oftentimes like, no, that's not me. No, that's not me. I'm good. You know. So that's all. Uh, word of the week. It's catching on. Ping. What? What do we got? Um. Let me dig up through my phone. I got some reader suggestions. Let me let me dig up through my phone here. You guys talk for a little bit. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, um, we do have a 250 class to cover, and uh, we've got 21 minutes left before we reach our time limit. Yeah, Blake Bag, uh, anyone? Yeah, uh, Ping, Bag it, back. Um, can this – okay, here's my question for you. Has Baggett figured it out now for the third time dominating? Has he now figured out how to replicate this every week? Or are we going to see the ups and downs like we've seen thus far? Because if he doesn't bump it down, he's he's not. That's the big question. Do this. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I tell you, I'm a little conflicted on this one because, you know, I I would say if I had to put money on a title guy right now, especially before the weekend, I would have said Tyler Ratchet. Like, it's Ratchet for sure. He's, He's won a world championship. He's older. He's more consistent. He doesn't have these bad motos. Um, and as, as fast as Blake is, he's the fastest guy in that class. Period, on at the right moment. But he has, he, you know, he's got a tendency to crash and and you know, put in an eighth or a, you know a tenth or whatever. But I don't know, man. I don't know. He, he's yeah. When he's on, it's like he's unbeatable. So I don't I'm know. Leaning toward, I think that he's learning quite a bit every weekend. And I think he can – he's not that far – the points aren't really a big issue. He's not that far behind. It's, it's, it's 20. They've lowered rods and that. And uh, he made up a whole chunk this weekend, for example. I feel like he's learned quite a bit uh, each week. Um, and that's dangerous. You know, give him a few more weeks, and he really might be able to just do this every weekend. And I know that it can get kind of offensive to the other guys to say that. Like, when he's on, there's nothing they can do. But is that incorrect? No, it's absolutely true. He's he's faster than all those guys when he's on. Right. He can pull them in and pass them at will, and and no one. I don't think any of those other guys can say they can do that. No. But that said, I think also to count Wilson out at this point is would be foolish too. I mean, it's amazing Wilson hasn't won a race yet as fast as he is and been. Yeah, he's been good. I think I think to call a winner out of those three guys right now. You'd, you'd be taking a pretty big guess because yeah, it's a long season. Lots going to happen. Still, some lot of racing, and and I don't think any of them have like established themselves out. You know what I mean? They've kind of had moments, but mm-hmm. what about yeah? What, I agree. What about Gargoyle? We did Chupacabra. Gargoyle is pretty random. Gargoyle. Let's not do random. another. Let's not do another little creature. Okay. Oh, okay. How about a flower? How about like a geranium? <laughs> what do you? There were some fans uh, ping that we met that were still on sperm whale kick. They, uh, I think sperm whale would be awesome, but I'm just I don't think Weege's up for the challenge. No, I don't think he oh. can, can do it. Oh, I see. I see how the motivation works. The, the <laughs> doubt me, the doubt me motivation. 
geranium or sperm whale? You, you choose. Let's go with geranium. At the very least, if we're going to do sperm whale, I'd like to keep that as a cliffhanger, like for their finale or something. <laughs> uh, Paula. Coming soon to Paula, yeah. sperm whale. Plus, I kind of hey, you're near the ocean. Days. You're near the ocean at Paula. Oh, wait a minute. I'm just saying. Right. Yeah. You could work it in. Geranium? Are we going to go geranium this weekend? Dude, I'll tell you, you get an award at the freaking banquet if you get sperm whale in at Apollo. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, I like geranium. All right, I'll go with it. Uh, uh, Weege? Yes. That's the word. But uh, you didn't get to talk to Jason Anderson this week. Your pep talks have been <laughs> failed. Miser- so They failed so bad that they sent the kid home. They just said, you know what? Uh, you go home and, 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 and take some time off and, and come back at Millville. Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, that almost never – there are riders that are, you know, going with divorce or bankruptcy or injuries or parental problems, you know, you know, burnt out, all these issues or partying, but they still manage to be able to show up at the races and race. But my pep talks apparently do more damage than any of those things. <laughs> And he was not able to go to the race this weekend. Just didn't go. We don't know well, why. I, had I know a... you, tried, you tried hard to figure out why, Steve. They will not crack, will they? Why he's not there? Yeah, they won't. They, personal personal issue. Well, no. I, I, I actually had a – I went to a, a birthday party for Randy Lawrence's daughter oh, this uh, weekend. Oh, so I got to chitty chat with Rand a little bit. Oh, God. And uh, – well, no, my I took my girls. Not like I was at the party, you know. We're clear on what happened. <laughs> anyway, and uh, so I was just kind of rapping with Randy about what was going on, and uh, he said that when they started, which was this right after Supercross, I guess, he couldn't do fifteen minutes of a moto at like you know there's a there's a track out here called Nuevo that's out in the hills, just a rough, dry, beat up track that a lot of guys go two motos on. He's like, he couldn't do 15 minutes there. He was done. He goes, now he rips. He's like, you know, this last week he was telling me they did this uh, Palomar Mountain road bike ride, which is like a big climb. You know, it's probably 60 miles and it's a big, big climb. Um, he did, you know, two 35s out at Nuevo. He did this. He did, you know, he was like, he goes, he's, he's on it. He goes, during the week, the guy kills it. I'm like, so what's going on? He just a little bit of a head case at the races on the weekends. He's like, yeah, he just, for whatever reason, gets to the race and gets all tensed ten up, and he's not, not the same guy. And some guy comes up to him yelling motivational techniques. Is, is it, <laughs> some, some man no. comes up and starts yelling, is it on, is it on, <laughs> which doesn't help things. So Gowan told him to take, take what is there's like two or three weekends, and then there's a weekend off, so yeah. it would give him a month. Yeah. I, he said, so, you know, you have a month, you come back at uh, Millville. They, they, so he'll be back at Millville. I mean, honestly, to me, I mean, they, they say family problems and, uh, and you know, I mean, I was like, well, is he like partying? No, 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 no. He's good. No, he's a good kid. Good dude. And I'm just like, okay. To me, I think they just were like, dude, just go ride your balls off. See you at Millville. No, that's what it is. He's right. not, he's not, he doesn't have any problems. He's just, he's not doing well. So to keep beating your head against the wall right. without changing anything is not helping. Yeah. Good job, Wygant. I feel like you, yeah. you. I feel like you're a little to blame for this somehow. I uh, I I was the wall that he was beating his head against. 
Uh, and in more, in further uh, Rockstar Suzuki news, Darren Durham uh, test rode the bike yesterday. So for for 2012 for a signing for next year. So right, right. Uh, that's cool. It's good to see Double D do that. You know who else I saw uh, at at the uh, big time rush birthday party? Phil Lawrence. I did see Phil, but I also saw PJ Larson. Oh yeah. Uh, healing up from his wrist injury. He's he's coming back at Millville as well. Um, that, that team didn't have anybody there because Simmons is sick. So they were just yeah. chilling. So they just sent up, set up their tent and stood around? They did, yeah. Um, Darren Durham went 4-6. Good ride for him. Did you see him reach out and try to touch Rattray going up to start straight? I heard about this, but I didn't see it. What, what did There's he a get? picture of it. You can find the picture. Like, what was the – like, how so is he trying to grab him? Like, wave, like, thumbs up, or, like, rip him off the bike? I don't really know. Like, I don't really know. No, it's, it's not. He's not grabbing him. He's just sort of, like, reaching his hand out. Like Yeah, like he was either going to, like, just wave him on, touch his top of his helmet, or do something. I like it. It was funny. Good job. Um, Ryan Sipes made his return to racing and did pretty well. 15, I mean, in one moto, 15-4. Good, good job for him. Malcolm Stewart had, yeah. I think, his best race. How uh, I get yeah, but, I mean, he had a sixth in a moto at Bud's Creek. I mean, he is really improving rapidly. He is. Now, I asked a team manager about the, the conundrum question that I don't know, remember which one of you asked last week. You know, is it a help or a hindrance that he's James Stewart's brother if you're a prospective team manager? Mm-hmm. Because I would say, okay, if you're, if you're a 250 team, there's no reason based on riding and talent and his age that you wouldn't be looking into him, right? Right. I mean, he has definitely shown the potential. So we were wondering, does – the whole spirit situation bring drama or baggage or mysteries that you don't want to deal with. But what I didn't think of, one of the team managers said, well, I'll tell you who it is. I talked to Alan Brown from Star Racing. And he said, after the race in Indianapolis, Ryan Sipes wins his first Supercross ever. And the fans are all over the place, hoarding our truck, and he's coming out to sign autographs, and girls are yelling, and people are like, yeah, we love you, congratulations. And we're all pumped. It's his first win. And then we look. And they're actually just cheering because Malcolm Stewart was walking by. Hmm. No one was there for Sipes, even though he had just won the race. So the lesson learned is he will bring a whole lot more notoriety, press, and attention to your team than any other you know, lights rider with his results would. So you have to keep that in mind, too. So, okay, so what did you get to? The point is uh, we were thinking it like, is him being James Stewart's brother you know, worth is it a hindrance, and is it worth signing him anyway based did, on his riding and talent? And what did Alan Brown they're say? saying, no. They're saying he actually, because he's James Stewart's brother, he might be better okay. as a guy to some beyond his results because he's going to get so much more attention from fans and sponsors and press has anybody, than another rider would. Has anybody tried to, like, call Mookie and text him and, like, you know, bro him down uh, like a normal rider? Or do we all just sort of be like, ah, he's like James, he's not going to call us back or, or talk to us? Do we, do we know that yet? If you go to ask him, that he's going to be asking the questions that aren't allowed to be answered. You know, like the same way the JSE, JSM, L&M team walked around all tense all year, fearing we were going to ask him about Larry Brooks or arrests or anything like that. So you think it's it's not uh, it's the same kind of deal? Mookie, no, he's it. probably okay. Call I think everybody's afraid to. I think everybody's afraid to ask, but he's probably okay. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, we should. I should. Yeah. Mathis, you're the one with Mookie Fever calling. I, I should. Yeah, I should get him on a show or, or on a podcast or something, right? Yeah. 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 
But then again, maybe he won't because of the fear. Although we know you got the big one five working for the team also, so you you got a lot of different uh, yeah. ways of working your hands I, into this. I know. I, I, I'm involved. No matter how you look at it, I'm in this web. I'm in the web. <laughs> uh, I, I may be on the outside of the web, but I'm in the web somewhere. Um, I may be on the outer rings of the web. I mean, uh, there you go. Uh, Travis Baker did well. Good race for him. Ping. That's your guy, sort of. Um. Not, not my guy. Well, but. I mean, just Troy Lee Honda. That's just everybody at Troy Lee Honda is your guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Ten uh, ten. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, that was his best race of the year. Yep, it was ten ten for eight. Um, I still think he's got more, but good for him. Uh, Brock Tickle's bike broke one moto. But gotta be a bummer for him. His three teammates yeah. never seem to have any bike problems. And Marsha's uh, mono flared up, huh? Swelled up up in the elevation. Yeah, I don't know. He crashed a lot. Too. Yeah, he crashed. Bad. Yeah, with the nine twelve. Yeah, he uh, he was up there, but yeah, just uh, mm. he, he went down. Um, Here's my note. By the way, I, okay, Eli Tomac cannot buy a start, but Barsha can't get a bad one. Have you noticed that? That's true. You're right. Yeah, yeah, Barsha's up there every start, and he was in every start in Supercross. Killed his start this year. Well, some guys are like Holshot Hansen. Yeah, it's hard to know what's going on. I, I, I was wondering why, like, uh, I was talking to some guys who work with Paluzzi, and uh, he was saying he's struggling with his starts on that bike. And I'm like, that bike is not slow. And, uh, and then they said, yeah, but look at all, the, all of that Rockstar team. None of those guys can get starts. No one on that team can get a start. And I started thinking about it. When was the last time you saw a Rockstar guy up front? Yeah, the start? you know why they haven't been able to get the starts? Because none of them are that no. good. Oh, come on. No, well, I, 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 to get starts, at least. I'm being serious. And, and I mean, Dabalos has told me that. He doesn't understand why he – Dabalos used to be able to get starts a pull one every once in a while, but not this year. True. True. Yeah, they're kind of scratching their heads. Like, maybe it's, you know, the start button or, you know, like they're spinning or whatever. You know, they don't know what the problem is, but I mean, they're just, none of those guys can get a start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just not uh, on the level of the other guys, and it's not no offense to them, you know. But Polizzi pulled whole shots left and right in Supercross. I don't you know remember. Star Yamaha is that much better than that bike? I don't remember any left and right starts from Polizzi. I really don't. He pulled starts. He he probably led three different heat races and was up front in at least that many main events. Why can't I'll start? He did actually, I remember, was it the first race of the year in the heat race or something like that? He did. It was the opener. He did it in L.A. He did it in. Yeah, he did. Uh, it's he a did small sample size, though, I'm still going to say. Small sample size. A guy uh, like Davalos, very large sample size. Very large. Lots of races. Uh, I feel like we saw uh, Tyler Rattray's worst race of the year. Five five, you guys agree? Yeah, I was surprised. I, I mean, honestly, I, I don't think like Bud's Creek. I don't think that was a track that was hard to pass on. I mean, you could see a million different lines and a million different ones that were usable. I was surprised that he just couldn't come through. I mean, five five isn't bad, I guess, from how far back he was, but yeah, wasn't as good as the other round. Interesting, Wygant. Uh, someone's theory about him being a bigger guy, and he's not going to get starts. He's going to struggle in the elevation down on horsepower. Yeah, maybe. I yeah, I everybody's mean, down on horsepower. I know. No, I, different. I I agree. I think that whole uh, elevation thing is a little overplayed. 
I think the weight for the four-stroke bikes it is too. I, don't, I think for the riders it is tough for sure because your mouth dries out and you you can't breathe. But the bikes, the four-stroke bikes, especially the fuel injected ones, it's like it's not that big a deal. Right. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. I think the weight thing is overplayed. Really, like really, like Rattray weighs how much more than Wilson? Yeah, I don't know. How much more? What, eight pounds, ten pounds? Wilson was up front on both starts and Rattray was way back. That's why. Like, are the starts ever based on – they never go in weight order into the first turn. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, Mookie, what does that sucker weigh? He's got to be like 185, doesn't he? Yeah. Mookie's, Mookie's a big dude. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets good starts. He's all right. Yeah. yeah, I don't – I always – I think that's more of an excuse than anything else. Although I'm not racing in the class, so maybe I shouldn't say anything. Yeah, well, again, this is an English town. Sipes, Sipes got a good start, and he was what, Ping, 205, 10? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ping. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm way off on that one. <laughs> Clearly. Um, all right, anything else? Are we good? Uh, no, let's talk about WMX. That's right. You know who's a big fan of these podcasts and a big fan of WMX and a big fan of the Pulp MX show on Monday nights? Jan Plessner, Kawasaki, even funding. God bless your Jan, Jan Plessner. Yeah, can't believe yeah. she's doing that. Kawasaki stepping it up. That to me is one of the more bizarre stories of the year. Why well, again? Yeah. Back me yeah, up on I that. Agree. Yeah. What's yeah. that? Um, the mark, the head of marketing at Kawasaki, Jan Plessner, uh, yeah. emailing me at midnight, um, saying that she wants to fly the three people who lost out on our essay contest, fly them to Vegas put them up in a hotel and doesn't care if we even give Kawasaki that much props. She just loves the show. <laughs> so they're going to, dro- awesome. they're going to drop about like two grand maybe on these people. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Anyway, WMX, she's a fan of WMX. And I said, we would talk about this on the show and I've blown it so far. So ping, I'm glad you were on it. Um, <laughs> Good job, ping. Bing, Remind me to up. thank you after the show, Ping. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Jessica Patterson, she killed it right on. Ashley Filek, uh, she killed it too. Uh, big gap back to third. Uh, whoever got third was killing it. Uh, they were 30 seconds ahead of fourth. Tiger. I, I feel Tiger. like WMX needs to there was a there was a women's ice hockey is in the Olympics. And every year, it's just Canada and USA are so much better. And the IOC actually came down on the other countries and said, if you don't get better, we're pulling this out of the Olympics because, you know, it's, it, we need competitive balance. And I feel that way a little bit about WMX. Now, I'll let you guys have the floor. Here's what I feel. Yeah. Um, and I'll probably be called a, ma- a, a woman-hating, you know, fascist. <laughs> man whore or something for this, but I feel like Danica Patrick competes with the guys in IndyCar racing, you know? Uh, there's a drag racing chick, uh, John Force's daughter, whatever her name is, she, she competes with, you know, at the top level. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, if these guys, they should be competing with the men. If they, shouldn't they? No. Whoa. I mean, Whoa. They can't. That's that's a problem because I think I, Patterson's fastest time would have put her at like somewhere around fiftieth, sixtieth fastest time. 
so she wouldn't be qualifying, but I don't know. Is it right for them to have their own class? Am I way off here? I think we have the motocross classic, the blurred line between motorsport and athletic competition. Because in no athletic sport do they mix them, but in motorsports they do. So which are we? Mm. I think the results show you that it's if Danica Patrick can get fifth in an IndyCar race and no uh, motocrossing female can get fifth against the males, then I guess it's more of an athletic sport than it is a motorsport. I, I just want to know what happened. Filek used to beat Patterson by 20 seconds, and now Patterson beats her by 30 seconds. There's been like a minute swing. What happened? I mean, Filek's on a close-to-factory bike. Patterson's on a, on a very good star racing bike. But what happened? No, I think uh, Patterson always was as fast. She just crashed a lot. And then she got in better shape, and she got in a better bike, and I think that made up a little bit more of that gap. She doesn't have to ride quite as hard, so now she doesn't crash as much. I think speed-wise, she was always there. You think? Man, did she. Yes. The amount of times that I would see those two battle, and Jessica would, you know, tip over, miss a rut, wash out, not yard sales. Right. But it was like, it seemed to me like she was letting it all hang out to maintain Felix's pace, and she would crash. But now she's gotten a smidge better. She doesn't have to hang it out maybe that much. Now she's like a machine, man. I mean, it's, it was weird because if people wanted Patterson to not retire two years ago to keep – so Philo would have some competition, but now it's like the other way around. There's no competition for her. I feel like a bit of the shine is off Philic just because – She's not. She's not coming close, you know. And 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 it goes back. And it like, goes back to my competitive balance thing. Like they're yeah. they're hurting themselves. The women are by not by just. It's. It, yeah. It's, yeah. They. It would help obviously if they had great battles. Oh, it's 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 seriously like. Here I go. Here I go. It's like watching grass grow. There I said it. Oh, I said oh. it. I said. All right. It. Um, it it just you look for battles. And they're not there. No. No, I don't know. I, 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 the other girls I thought were coming through the ranks, like I thought Vicky Golden and Sarah Price would make a run at them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Filek and Patterson have pushed each other so much that they've actually gotten further away right. from everybody else than the other way around. Yeah, Which like, is, I guess, the same thing we're talking about with Dungeon Reed and Villapoto. But at least in this case, Dungeon Reed and Villapoto are almost identical on speed, so they battle each other. Yeah, and then there's a, a race for the, for the fourth place. Um, yeah. I don't know. I guess uh, I just like to see more of it, but that's just me. Yep. More, more bad. All right, on that note, I got to go. I got a yeah. TV conference call. All right, boys. All right. Well, again, thank you. Geranium. Geranium. Right, see ya. Geranium. Pingree. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks for doing the show, bud. The BTOsports.com Racer X podcast show. Um, you, didn't, you didn't do a, an ad today. Yeah, I'll just insert it in the middle. Oh, I, I forgot. Right. I forgot. I'll just drop it in the middle. Um, but, yeah, any more thoughts on the WMX before we, before we go? No. Nope. Okay. All right, buddy. Well, thanks for doing this. And uh, same time, same place next week when we discuss and break down Red Bud. Thanks. Red Bud. Okay. See ya. This has been the Racer X Podcast with Steve Mathis. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy the more than 250-episode archive, including the Classics Collection, where it all began.